I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Tribal chief around here. Yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right. Baby, you can leave, you can leave, you can leave. I've been tired of you, you and you tired of me. Don't forget one thing, thing, drop, drop those keys Cause I'm not trying to hold you back, so go ahead with all of that And if you really want to go, you can go You already know there's the dough, there's the dough It's too bad if you, not for sure, not for sure Cause I ain't want to do it like this But I'm losing every ounce of self-control Oh, 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 oh. Life. Oh, oh, oh. 
your face. I can't do it. Gotta leave, yeah. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 368 of the Who's Podcast on this Thursday, uh, July 6, 2023. It's your boy, Joshi. I'm recording live here from the Break Free Room here in Chicago, Illinois. As always, you can follow me on Twitter. Right? Hold up. Let me, let me do this right. Right over here, down here, the Who's Podcast. Pretty simple. Follow me on Twitter at the Who's Podcast. Check me out on Instagram if you like. At Josh Lopez Media. Uh, a lot to discuss this week as we're uh, coming off the heels of the Money in the Bank premium live event in London, England, which we'll uh, talk a little bit about today. I uh, just want to come on here and say uh, what's going on, everybody. Hope everybody's in good spirits. And I'll be honest with you, just think about the last couple episodes. I feel like I can speak for myself specifically that I'm kind of tired of talking about like booking and wrestling Twitter taste because in all reality, a lot of the stuff that you see on like social media and when it comes to shows like this, it's just a lot of wasted energy it takes that really have no substance to it. So why really spend time harping on it? I just feel in a lot of ways we treat wrestling uh, the wrong way and kind of take it for granted. And um but today, it's really more just talking about the content than it is really booking or whatever anybody else is saying on social media. And this is uh, supposed to be uh, a positive escape for uh, people. And I want people to remember that. We come in here, I try my best to give you my points of view as somebody who's covered the industry for the last 10 years. And, you know, I... I uh, could crack some jokes here and there. I could share some life advice. But more importantly, I just want you guys to enjoy your wrestling experience. So with all that being said, I just want to say thank you all for the support. Uh, we're on the road to 400 episodes. Please do us a favor. If you're watching this live right now on YouTube, like this video and subscribe to our channel. As we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers. Uh, if you have any bonus content you'd like to see me do on the channel, whether it's uh, reaction videos or more topic videos uh let me know uh i've been trying to implement some youtube shorts here there so you guys can get a little glimpse of the show so i, I get it there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there and i don't think everybody <laughs> has the time to watch the full length editions of the podcast at who's but if you do whether it's video or audio i do appreciate you and i appreciate everybody who does take the time to check out the podcast each and every single week so I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to give a special uh, birthday shout out uh, to my uh, DD Lucy. Uh, it's her birthday today. She's been fantastic. 
taking care of your boy as I moved here <laughs> uh, about a, this time about a month ago. And um, she's she's fantastic. Also, uh, shout out to my other aunts um, and Kim and Carrie. Uh, the, they're twins. Also, um, shout out to my uncle Vito, who celebrated his birthday today. So a lot of early July birthdays in my family. Also, while we're doing this, <laughs> uh, happy birthday um, beforehand. Tomorrow is my uncle Dito, uh, my uncle Lewis's birthday. Uh, so. Happy birthday to everybody uh, that's celebrating in the family. Uh, hope everybody's had a good weekend. Fourth of July was kind of mid for me. I'm just going to be honest. Um, it was really hot as shit uh, here in Chicago. And <laughs> I tried to enjoy my time as much as I could while I was by my old place. But um, I don't know. I just got a bad headache and I just wanted to get back to the house. So this is kind of like a mid uh, 4th of July, I think for me, uh, it's really not like a political thing. I just think my luster and love for 4th of July. I used to love 4th of July as a kid. Now for me, it's just there. And then over the years, I just got tired of hearing fireworks. I'm not scared of fireworks or anything like that, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think over the years now, 4th of July has become kind of mid for me. And I rather like just spend time doing what I want to do than watch people blow off fireworks or uh, talk shit about other people. Hear, hear people talk shit about other people like you hear at all these other gatherings and stuff like that. It's just really something that I don't have the time for, nor do I care <laughs> to partake in. So anyways, um, that's the great thing about professional wrestling. We come on here and talk about the stuff we like to enjoy and have some fun with it. And um, we have the back porch Q&A session. As always, if you have any questions you want to ask your boy during this, don't be shy. Come say hello in the comment section or in our chat box here on YouTube and let me know what's on your mind. And uh, we do this each and every single week. I uh, This is one of my favorite parts of the show because I get to interact with you guys. And you guys let me know what you guys like or dislike about the show or anything that's on your mind in the world of professional wrestling. So let's let's get this started, shall we? As tradition here on the podcast at Hoots, it is time for the back porch Q&A session as we always start off with the good brother Chris Zaletta, throw up the X, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Chris, you can follow me on Twitter on, at XTeamZaletta24X on the Twitter machine. Chris, um, a frequent contributor, no, <laughs> to the pod, to the podcast at Hoots, and um, I appreciate his support each and every single week. Let me do something right quick here. By the way, we're also uh, live on Twitch. Uh, make sure to follow us on our Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash the Podcast. I think uh, you guys can check out the show on there as well. Anyways, enough plugs, enough ramble, ramble. Let's get to the show, shall we? All right. What up, Boost? I only got questions for Chris this week, so this uh, Q&A session won't be too long. He says, what up, Boost? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Before this bloodline story, what was the last best long-term story told in WWE, uh, in your opinion? Good question. I, I think for me, if I have to take a look back, uh, it's, it's <laughs> I, I definitely say uh, the bloodline's an outlier from recent WWE storylines that have long-term um, effects just due to the ADD culture of the wrestling fan base these days. Uh, I think there's a longing for long-term, long-term storytelling. 
and then there's the uh, appetite to go through that process. I think WWE's tried to go through having long-term stories. And then, you know, it's the third month of a rivalry, where it's the third straight month of guys finding each other on the pay-per-view. People are like, oh, okay, let's move on to the next thing. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint certain feuds like that uh, over the last eight years that would, like, relate to the bloodline. I, my best guess I could give is the uh, Daniel Bryan authority angle. Now, as I say that, for those who listen to the podcast, those that I think that the yes movement or the road or yes of mania was kind of forced. And I think it would not happen if CM Punk quit, if CM Punk didn't leave the WWE, but I'm not going to take away the moment that Brian had at WrestleMania. People got what they wanted. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is the case where the 30th anniversary of your WrestleMania was predicated by social media. What does that tell you? I think what's great about the bloodline is that that's not the case. The bloodline is good within its own accord. It's not predicated by uh, folks that just have short attention spans or want to rush the end of Roman Reigns' title reign. So my best guess is the uh, Daniel Bryan uh, authority angle. And that's pretty much it. I could go, I get my best guess off the top of my head, but that's a good question. Um, favorite match for Money in the Bank? Uh, my favorite match for me was the main event. I'll explain why in uh, this week in WWE. Uh, who wins a collision uh, in the Joe CM Punk match? Um, I, I think it's pretty simple. It's probably going to be Punk. They made an emphasis over the fact that he's never defeated Samoa Joe, so why wouldn't he beat him now? Uh, and it's CM Punk and AEW, a la Hulk Hogan in WCW. Tony Khan treats Hulk Hogan. No, my bad. Tony Khan treats CM Punk the same way Eric Bischoff treats Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so uh, let's just say that CM Punk is not going to lose any matches anytime soon, at least on his own accord or in a singles competition. So uh, I think CM Punk will defeat Samoa Joe. I think it'll be a good match. And... Uh, speaking of collision, I got I got some thoughts I want to share along the way on collision. Um, a lot of hoopla and exterior about their ratings and stuff like that. Um, you guys know my drill is really not about what's said on dirt sheets or ratings. My assessments on shows are based on what's on the show. And we'll talk about that a little later on. Um, all right, next question. Uh, who do you think uh, beats Theory for that U.S. title? Well, you could do a title change uh, tomorrow. I know Sheamus is fighting Austin Theory for United States Championship. Or you could have LA Knight win the, uh, the United States Championship because, uh, you know, we got restless LA Knight fans who act like the poor guy can't lose a, can't lose a match. Can't <laughs> uh, I love the guy, but uh, um, wrestling Twitter is just overboard right now with LA Knight. I guess it's a safe bet you could say that um, LA Knight is the one to take the U.S. title off of Theory. But um, for me, I would like to see it to be Sheamus, but that's me. Uh, next question. Thoughts on the NXT Underground match from Tuesday? I, I enjoyed it. Um, I've been a big fan of David Kemp since he got his start in NXT. Uh, he, he's not like the biggest ambiguous uh, character from a pro- promo point of view, but he gets his job done as a bad guy. 
Uh, I've known Eddie Thorpe, aka Carl Fedricks, for many years, covering his work in New Japan, and I, I thought it was a very good uh, match. Um, the post-match stuff with Gable Stevenson was pretty cool. Just the way he delivers those suplexes, I thought that was pretty nice. It was it was a nice feel. I, I thought I thought it was nice. The presentation was good, and I, I thought it was uh, not too shabby. I gotta say that Kamago A style uh, knee strike that uh, uh, Thorpe gave uh, Damon Kemp was uh, pretty pretty good. <laughs> All right, Raw or SmackDown. For the Cree brothers, do they need to be paired with someone? Do I think they need to be paired with someone? No. As far as as far as Raw or SmackDown's concerned, um, I'm gonna say Monday Night Raw because when you already look at SmackDown, you got uh, the Street Profits, you got Pretty Deadly, you got the Brawling Brutes. Uh, on Raw, yeah, you got KO and Sammy. Uh, things are up in the air right now with um, like a rumor mill whether or not Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champ are going to reform DIY. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. <laughs> There's not really that many, too many standouts. Yeah, you got Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders, but I think Raw needs more depth in their tag team division. And of course, Imperium is there too. So I, I guess for me, it's a toss up. You could go Raw or SmackDown. For me, I'll say Monday Night Raw for the Creed Brothers. And do they need to be paired with someone? No, I, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> All right. Uh, thoughts on Rana Shada? Should they do a fight pit match at SummerSlam? Uh, if they want to, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, it's going to be a little different uh, view from a presentation point of view because they're in a football stadium. Uh, they've done the fight pit at last year's Extreme Rules. If that's something that they want to do, I wouldn't have a problem with it, and that's going to be the send-off for Ronda Rousey, then so be it. Um, I, I enjoyed their segment. Uh, you guys uh, already heard uh, the promo from Shayna Baszler on Raw this week, right? And uh, it was good, very good. And uh, I think that a five-pin match would be pretty decent with both ladies, to be honest with you. I got a little something else I want to talk about on here, by the way, uh, before we wrap up this segment. I know we didn't get too many questions this week, but as always, if you ever have any questions (laughs) for us wrestling or life-related, just hit me up at the Hoots Podcast on Twitter or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, uh, last question here from Chris here. He says, um, thoughts on the ESPN firings? Um, very unfortunate as someone who has been a uh, the recipient of budget cuts and then being furloughed. I have sympathy for people who go through this process. People who work in the entertainment or just general media business understands that none of this uh, stuff is linear. Your journey in this field is not linear. Uh, You're not guaranteed things. You're not guaranteed permanent jobs. And um, a lot of very talented people, unfortunately, got cut and they lost their gigs. And that's, that's very unfortunate. I feel really bad for them. Uh, ESPN, I feel like from a content point of view, it's kind of lost its luster over the years. They do have some good presentations with their live play-by-play coverage of like NBA and uh, Monday Night Football. But outside of that, like I'm not really a fan of their shows. I, I'll check out First Take when the Mad Dog's on there. But outside of that, I don't. Watch Get Up, uh, the NBA Today show, I think sucks. 
Uh, I'm not really tuned into NFL NFL Live that much unless it's during the season. Um, so really the ESPN content has been really hit and miss for me from a point of view as a fan. And also I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes with Pat McAfee's show, um, being aired on ESPN whenever that time comes, but am I going on my way to watch ESPN as much as I was back in the day as a kid? No. And I think ESPN has kind of lost a lot of its uh, luster. Also, that's that's probably just a testament of me just admitting that I'm not as much of a sport, a big sportsman as I used to be as a kid. Like, like my when I get like really nerdy with sports for me, it's really when it comes to the NFL. But outside of that, hockey, talk to me during the playoffs, <laughs> baseball. Both teams here in the city suck. <laughs> we stinks. <laughs> I'm a Bears fan, so you already know. Hashtag we stinks. Uh, the Bulls, I guess, are still around. <laughs> we stinks. <laughs> uh, so I, I try to keep an open, he- open-minded head, and I, I love sports. I've always loved playing sports, and I've always will be a sports fan. But as far as like my consumption of sports and TV and like talking head shows, that those days are gone. <laughs> that those are hit and miss for me. By the way, sorry for my phone blowing up a lot during this thing. Um, they got this new app now called Thread. Uh, Threads, I guess, is a a joint venture with uh, Instagram. Um, I guess a lot of people are making the voyage towards Thread so they could uh, not deal with. Elon Musk and his uh, ways to uh, ruin or what already is a cesspool of an app. <laughs> but that is neither here nor there. Um, anyways, I want to thank Chris uh, for sending in the questions this week. I appreciate you, brother. As always, make sure to follow me on Twitter at xscenesalad24x. If you ever want to participate in the Back Porch Q&A session, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Um... Let's talk a little bit about this before I get into this week in WWE and uh, our our rest of our uh, content here for the pod this week. Made a little announcement on Monday on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but um, I have decided uh, to bring back my uh, transcripts <laughs> um, as I decided to uh cover the g1 right now i don't have an account to new japan world so as i go through this process i'm gonna probably have to wait a little bit after the shows are uploaded online uh to cover those shows so it probably won't be as live or as early as the old transcripts were but um i was not going to miss covering the g1 and i'm really taking a risk here and really what i'm doing with this is that I'm taking this time to cover the entire G1 and that's an opportunity to showcase my transcripts uh, transcripts out there to everybody and I want it to be an uh, opportunity for people to enjoy the site again for me to uh, clear my sanity as I'm still furloughed and um, I, I that creative niche for me for writing has been missing for far too long and I'm tired of waiting to hear back from people from uh, applications I sent out and stuff like that. That's just really the conundrum when it comes to this. Like, I, I've been furloughed since, since March, and <laughs> I 
I don't have the answers to what's really going on, why I'm in this position. It's not like I'm not applying myself trying to get a different job, but I have different needs than other people. Uh, my my sanity is far more important than working at fucking Aldi's or Walmart or whatever. That's just not me. Um, and I'd rather make money doing something I'm good at and productive with than doing something and then putting my mental health to... I'm I already... Right now, with where I am right now in my situation and how much I really have spent this past month and a week really working on myself and this project and, you know, trying to go to get to reach 205 pounds. I, <laughs> right now, for me, I'm doing everything I can to satisfy me. And really, I'm really taking onus of taking this time period to love myself and doing what I want and what makes me happy and not really worrying about anything else. What I, what I need to worry about, I'm already addressing it. I I deal through this process every single day and I'm doing it for me. And when it comes to the transfer stuff, it's really something that's important to me and it's something that I don't want it to go the way. So yes, is it a risk to cover the entire G1 and not make a single dollar out of it? Yeah, am I considering other options? Yes, I'm considering a whole bunch of things. I'm considering <laughs> um, putting the shows on Twitch and hopefully we can get some money doing that or doing some more universal chatter streams. I've never used tr uh, Twitch before to stream, so I'm kind of out of the loop with that. But I'm thinking of other things because I can't really rely on, oh, hey, am I going to get my job back? Oh, will somebody hire me from a different place? Oh, will I get another interview from a radio station and then hear nothing back from them? Like, I'm, I'm tired, of playing this, uh, tired of playing this game, this dog and pony charade. Uh, will I, will I not? Like, I can't sit on my hands anymore. So here I am. I'm going to showcase my work. And if somebody wants to reach out to me and I can help out their website, I'll do it. I'm not opposed to work. I want to work. That's the thing. I want to work more than anything. That's the main reason why I'm doing this. I got my little schedule right now that I'm doing with this project where I'm trying to go down and try to get to 205 pounds. But outside of that, like I need something else to fill me. And I need that with my transcripts. Don't get me wrong. I love doing the show. <laughs> it's I, I love doing it. I wish we could make more money off of doing the podcast, but I need something else creatively to help me out from a mental point of view. And yeah, I'm going to cover the G1. There's 19 shows on this tour. And will I get a single cent out of it? I don't know. We'll see. What, what, what I will get out of it? For me, is that I get a little semblance of normalcy, and I really haven't had a lot of that since I moved out here, and I need it, and it's been way too fucking long since I wrote a transcript, and I need it just for my own sanity, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to bust my ass, as I've done with every G1 tour that I covered. This will be our seventh year, so... If you guys could do me a favor, please bookmark uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, it's my passion project that I'm the most proud of because it really helped me get my name out there. And 
I'm going to be covering every single event for the G1. Now, does that mean I'm going to go back to covering Raw's, SmackDown, pay-per-views, all this extra stuff? I don't know yet. All I know right now is that I'm going to be covering the G1. And if this could come with an opportunity where I can make some money and I can finally afford you know, purchase a business plan for WordPress was cost 25 bucks a month, I think, or 40 bucks for Converse, whatever the fuck it is. I hope I can get to that point because really, and really the main emphasis of doing this is because I'm doing it for me. Everything right now in my life, I'm doing it for me. And you want something done, you got to do it yourself, right? Everybody says that DIY, it's not just a tag team, it's a way of life. And I'm not going to wait anymore. I miss work. I miss typing out these transcripts. So, okay. I'm going to be covering the G1. It's going from July 15th through August 13th. And all those transcripts will be on ProWrestlingTranscripts.com. The offer is out there to any wrestling website that knows my work. I've reached out to them already. I'm willing to do business with people. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not looking down on the field or anything like that. I want to work. I I work for anybody. I'll help out in any any capacity. I'll help transcribe an interview. I'll transcribe any shows you need results from. Um, But I'm not going to (laughs) wait. If you want my services, reach out to me. I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm not going to wait out to see if people are going to ha- have a hiring session and they don't like, I, I'm not, just, I'm not going to wait anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to cover the G1. I'm going to have the best G1 coverage. Not only will I be covering the shows, I'll be adding post-match uh, comments uh, from each event, which I think will be a nice new feature to the, uh, the website. And I hope you guys follow along with this journey with me. And this is a risk. And I know that, I may not get any money out of it, but this is going to help me out a lot. This is going to help me a lot more uh, from a mental point of view than I think a lot of you guys realize. And that really what I do best in this field is the transcripts and recording this show. So whatever I can to get myself back on my feet and not feel dejected about my situa- situation anymore, that's what I'm going to do. And I hope you guys support the project with me. I hope you guys support my coverage of the G1. And if I could, if this could lead to something where I'm making a lot more money again, awesome. If not, at least I went back and tried to give something back to the people that have supported me along the way. There's only so much that this show can offer. Like, we, we the show's not on Patreon. We're not making any money. I'm not a... YouTube partner, I need like 700 (laughs) more subscribers on YouTube to even qualify for that. And who knows how long that's going to take. So (laughs) really right now, my focus is on me and doing what makes me happy. And okay, I may not get a cent out of covering the G1, but I'm doing it and I'm doing it for me. So that's what it is. Anyways, um... I just want to give you a little reason why I decided to bring back my transcripts. I talked a little bit about it on Monday, but I figured use this platform just to talk. This is my outlet to just let my mind go and 
uh, tell you what I'm feeling in my heart. And um, I appreciate having this platform. I appreciate you letting me uh, share my story with you guys. And this is a good thing. Uh, you guys should be excited. I'm excited. I haven't transcribed a wrestling match since the end of February. So I'm, I'm very excited for this. There's 32 competitors in the G1 this year. And I'm very, I'm very, very excited for it. And here's to covering the G1. And I, <laughs> I know damn well I am the best transcriber in the industry today. And I'll show it with my transcripts. I, as the saying goes, let your work speak for itself. And on that note, that is that will wrap up our beginning part of this podcast. When we come back, we'll review what went down in London for Money in the Bank. Talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw for Baltimore. And more stuff here on the podcast at Hoots. Hey, yes, sir. Time to talk about what happened this week in the world of WWE. It's your boy Joshy. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Um, uh, we did a little review on um, Monday. No, not Monday. On uh, my bad. On Sunday, I did like a little recap of Money in the Bank with referee Tony S. I want to give him a big shout out. We did a bonus podcast. Speaking of bonus podcasts, I think coming up soon, uh, not this week, but next week, sometime next week or the week after that, I'll be having a fun uh, bonus podcast interview with my uh, buddy uh, SGG Stack Guy Greg from um, the Cheap Heat podcast. SGG and I are old friends. Uh, he was uh, one of my original guests on my old radio show that I had at my uh, broadcasting school, um, the Pro Wrestling Experience. And me and SCG have been friends for a long time, and it's been a minute since we recorded a show with each other. So I'm very excited to have him on the show. And me and him are very like-minded when it comes to our wrestling opinions. So um, SGG is a star. He already has a life for himself, man. He's a lawyer outside of the stuff he does <laughs> with the Cheap Heat stuff. And I'm very happy for his success. And uh, Cheap Heat with Rosenberg and uh, SGG is on... Um, the Ringer Wrestling Network on Spotify, and uh, you guys should check that out. Uh, that's under uh, uh, Shoemaker's uh, banner, I believe. And um, I'm excited to have uh, SGG on the show. So anyway, um, to bring us back full circle, like I was saying, uh, me and Tony did a little review of Money in the Bank. If you missed that, go check it out on our uh, channel. That's why you should subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. So you never miss any uh, content here for the podcast at Hoots. And um, Money in the Bank, I thought was the successful premium live event. Now, I don't really think this is going to be a very long segment this week. There's a couple things I'm just going to rattle off on my chest <laughs> and stuff like that. But outside of that, um, this, this is probably going to be a brief segment this week. But uh, Money in the Bank, I thought was a successful premium live event. 
Uh, I just want to give a big shout out to London because their crowds are fantastic, regardless of it's sports or wrestling or anything. Their creative chance is just a thing to enjoy. And the whole, if you hate Roman, stand up. If you hate Roman, stand up. Uh, by the way, you guys see the thumbnail for this week's episode. <laughs> Roman Reigns is the king of facial expressions. Like, I can't stop looking at that picture. Just how funny he is. <laughs> Guy is a trip. Um, London was fantastic. Um, you got to see John Cena out there. Everybody is now making that an AEW thing because, uh, LOL, it's wrestling Twitter, right? Uh, but John Cena was there making the case of why WrestleMania should be in London. I, I agree. I think WrestleMania should be in London. And I hope it's sometime soon because it's been long overdue in that country and that fan base definitely deserves WrestleMania definitely more than anybody here in the United States. And I think really what Money the Bank has shown is what we've seen this entire year. U.S. crowds suck. Let's just call it a spade a spade. <laughs> U.S. crowds for these premium live events are ass. And I think whether it's London or Puerto Rico or Saudi Arabia or London, as we saw on Saturday, uh, these crowds there, they want to be there. They want to have fun. And that's the thing. I'm always telling you to go to a wrestling fan and act like you're at a library. You know, Indianapolis. Laredo, Texas, no, my bad, Corpus Christi, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, all, all these markets that go to these shows and say next to nothing, <laughs> um, have fun, man, I, you're not there to sit in your hands, it's not, it's not church, it's wrestling, it's supposed to be fun, let me talk a little bit about that, about wrestling. As I was watching the uh, premium live event on Saturday, it just it just rang through to my head. Like wrestling is awesome, man. Wrestling is everything to me. Uh, wrestling is the greatest escape I've had in my life. Wrestling has always been there for me when I needed it the most. Wrestling, uh, in, in, for me, has always been the purest form of entertainment. Where your performance and what you're doing, you get it's a feedback from that based on your own doing and not what other people are doing. And wrestling for its uh, many uh, pros and cons attached to it is just the funnest form of entertainment. And I think it's a shame that a lot of us take that for granted. I love wrestling. I, I don't care what type of wrestling it is. Uh, we all have our qualms and stuff that's good or bad, but I love wrestling. And if you watch that, sh if you watch that show, excuse me, on Saturday, uh, how can you not love wrestling? How can you not love the atmosphere of that London crowd at the O2 Arena? How can you not love atmospheres like Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio? Was it a five-star wrestling match? No, but Cody and Dominic told their story, and it was effective, and they did their business. Uh, how can you not love the atmosphere of things that catch you by surprise, like Damian Priest winning the Money in the Bank ladder match? Everybody was having debates about Logan Paul versus LA Knight, and 
right in front of us. We missed the whole point there. Us as wrestling fans, the right person was right there, and we didn't say a thing about it. Damian Priest was the right guy to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Damian Priest has busted his ass. He's taken a lot of L's. He's made a lot of sacrifices along the way. The guy missed out on the past two WrestleManias from an in-ring point of view. Uh, Damian Priest has been one of the bigger players and one of the more successful factions in wrestling in the past five to ten years. And Priest, more than anybody in that match, deserved that Money in the Bank contract, and I'm happy for him. Uh, Also happy for him being the first Puerto Rican to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. And it tied in with where he's at right now in his career, his trajectory and his future, and the storyline. From a story point of view, him out of everybody needed that briefcase the most. What is Judgment Day about? Just having Dom being booed out of the building? No. <laughs> It's about having dominance and ha- being the leader. So you remember Finn Balor cost Damian Priest uh, the World Heavyweight Championship a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Priest said that he didn't want anybody at ringside. He wanted to do this by himself. Balor shows up, costs in the match. Priest wins the Mind the Big Ladder match. Priest in- inadvertently costs Finn Balor the world title in a very physical match with Seth Rollins. Now tensions continue to lie. Now we go to Raw the next night. And you have (laughs) uh, Seth Rollins against Dominic Mysterio in the main event. And you got, uh, here we go, more shenanigans. The match ends in the DQ. Uh, Damien's trying to cash in his money in the bank contract. Finn Balor, once again, gets in the way. So, I think there's a big, I wouldn't say angle, but I think there's something big that's going to be coming out of the Judgment Day, either before or after SummerSlam. So I'm very curious to see where this goes. And that's also another reason why it makes the Money to Bank contract holder even more interesting. Because Damian Priest, one, is a believable guy that can have a successful cash-in. But also, when you have this power struggle between him and uh, Finn... Hey, hey, that's where the money is, right? You don't know what's going to happen with Priest. You know, Priest wears his emotions on his sleeve with his anger, put him in a position where he would put the briefcase on the line against Finn. I don't know. Would this tension between these two be too much for any of them? Can be like they're, the world's not big enough for both of them to be in the same group. That's the thing. That's the story. That's the stuff we don't know. You know, <laughs> uh, I would say if LNA won, it would probably be more predictable and him probably having an unsuccessful cash in. You have more things to work with with Damian Priest being the briefcase holder than LA Knight. And that's just my opinion. As far as the Shayna Baszler stuff, we talked about that earlier. Um, that was the thing that caught people by surprise. I talk about it each and every week on a show about maximizing your TV time, and I thought she did that to the T with her promo against Ronda Rousey and Raw and her little exchange. If if what's rumored, and I'm putting air quotes out there, 
if what's true about uh, Ronda Rousey leaving WWE after SummerSlam, if she has this hard deadline, what better way to put over her friend on the way out? So, some good business there. We saw the return of Drew McIntyre. That made me very happy. I saw Triple H at the uh, post-press uh, scrum. He was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh, somebody said Drew McIntyre is leaving. Oh, Drew's upset with uh, creative. That's why he wants to leave. Believe what you want to believe. Unless I see something on WWE.com that says so-and-so's release or I, we hear directly from the source. Stop falling for the Twitter uh, and dirt sheet uh, bait, okay? <laughs> I didn't believe that for one second that Drew McIntyre was leaving the WWE. Yeah, people change their profiles and they black out. Like, I've seen Kevin Owens do it. I've seen Bailey do it. I've seen Becky Lynch do it. On the surface to me, when I see people do that, I think that's really corny. That's just my opinion. But I... Yeah, and, and look, to believe that people, everybody at the WWE roster are happy with their position, I'm not naive to believe that's the case, but think about it. The guy had one of the best WrestleMania matches in recent memory in that triple threat with Sheamus and Gunther. So was his creative that bad for him to feel the position that he wanted to leave? And, oh, it was just convenient for people to believe that he wanted his release so he could show up at um, at the Wembley show. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can get it. you want to follow the tea leaves on these uh, on these websites and stuff, but you know, after a while, you gotta see it for yourself, and that's how I I view things. Um, Talked a little more about the John Cena stuff in the segment with Tony. So if you guys want to check that out, go ahead. Um, also, on the show, I thought the ladies' women uh, money, the, no, excuse me, the women's money to big ladder match, I thought was very good. And everybody's putting over the uh, uh, finish to the ladder match, which I thought was really good as well. Uh, Deke Eo's good uh, picked, and you got. You got a lot of things to choose from here, especially with her being on SmackDown. Um, EO not only has the tension with Bailey, just due to how that match ended, but you got Asuka. What? You got Charlotte. What? You got Bianca. What? <laughs> uh, you got a pick of your litter. And, you know, we saw EO kind of tease and cash it towards Rhea, but nothing happened there. So, when it comes to EO, I think she's a good person to have the briefcase. And I'm curious to see when the time is for her. Is she someone who announces her cash in beforehand? Does she take advantage of the opportunity? Who knows? I really think this is a good opportunity for her. The momentum for her started at Backlash. So, to see her win the Money to Bank ladder match, I thought that was pretty cool. And then, um, let's talk about... Uh, the Bloodline Civil War, since we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> I mean, so many callbacks. The kick out low blow thing, which is a callback from their Clash of the Champions show in 2020 in the, in the Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> Solo's facial expressions, Solo's timing when uh, the fans started doing the whole If You Hate Roman stand-up chant. 
Roman saying that England's the dumbest place on earth. <laughs> These guys are idiots. I thought I start I started crying laughing when I heard that. I thought it was fantastic. But the Bloodline Civil War match was awesome. I I loved it. It was fantastic. I see a lot of people were like, oh, the first half of the match was boring and stuff like that. People will always find reasons to knock down the tribal chief or knock his work in the ring. The guy is an attraction. The guy is that dude. He is him. He is Thanos. Like, I don't know why people can't appreciate the run that we're having right now with Roman Reigns. You always have to attach an asterisk towards the guy. I just don't get it. If somebody could explain that to me, um, I, I I don't get it. I don't know what else you want for him. The guy turned heel. You he finally got what you wanted after seven years. The guy is carrying himself uh, on the microphone. He's been the best world champion in wrestling in the last 15, 20 years. The guy's <laughs> put on barn burners at the barn burners when the title has been on the line. Hell, he had even a really good match with. He pulled off a really good match with Logan Paul when nobody expected it. I I really don't know what else people are expecting for Roman. Uh, at least from a performance point of view, I get it. You people are upset about the whole thing with his contract, but that's his prerogative. But to attach asterisks on his title reign and how he carries his matches. Okay, are there too many ref bumps? Is that a tire trope? Yes and no. But here's the thing. Unlike AW, WWE puts an emphasis on when the referee's bumps happen. and they, They're important. They're there for crucial parts of the match. It's not like Rudy Charles is analyzing this tag match and overseeing things like Aubrey Edwards and people are body signing people through tables on the floor right in front of, right in front of him like Aubrey would in a tag match but anyways it's not an AEW thing you look at the match and how it is structured especially toward the latter end of that match i mean you could call it cinema you could call it entertaining you could call it whatever you want i thought it was just fun <laughs> that those last 10 15 minutes of the show was fantastic you felt the energy of the crowd uh, I thought Michael Cole and Wade Barrett had a very good call of that match. And everything you wanted out of that Bloodline Civil War thing was really good. And you got the, uh, the you got the result that everybody wanted, right? Everybody wanted Jey Uso to pin Roman Reigns. And that's what happened. And then I see Ryan Satin on Twitter put out an article saying, Was this the right time? For Roman to take the pin, there's always an asterisk. There's always something that has to do with nothing and not appreciating the story as it's happening. Like, we're really going to be talking about a pinfall loss in a tag match because the title was not aligned in the tag match. Did the title need to be in the, on the line for the, in the tag match? <laughs> Man, people are Desperate for Roman Reigns to lose his championship. It is insane. People are desperate. They'll find any little thing to be like, oh, see, that's the reason why Cody Rhodes should have won at WrestleMania. See, that see all this stuff with the blonde line, all this stuff with the tribal court tomorrow at Madison Square Garden, 
all that could have been done uh, without Roman being the champion. People are so fixated on this dude. Like Roman needs to lose every match. He needs to take a pitfall every match. Roman needs to do this. Roman needs to do that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's a, a face, a, a tweener, a good guy, whatever. <laughs> There's always asterisks towards this dude. I just don't get it. You know, let's talk about this because I, I don't. This conversation has, hasn't been had on any other show, and I think it's time to talk about it on here. I've seen a lot of the uh, reports that came out over the weekend on the uh, business side for WWE and what's coming out ratings wise, uh, merchandise stuff like that. I'm not taking anything away from the the brand because I think the the content's good. I think the feel and the brand of WWE is hot right now. Uh, you see the numbers that they get for their uh, arena shows and their TV specials. I mean, hell, uh, Madison Square Garden is sold out tomorrow night. But as I see what's going on and as, as I see things uh, from a 30,000 feet view, um, I really think what's really making WWE hot right now is the hate watch factor. If you see stuff on social media, you would think that all oh, things are at an all-time war, uh, all-time low. But that's the thing. Like, I, if you look at their numbers, I bet you if you did a poll of the large amount of people who watch WWE weekly, whether they're a fan of them or not, whether they're a fan of Triple H or Vince McMahon style of creative or whatever, I bet you at least, I'd probably say at least 30% of that audience hate watches it. And I I don't have any proof to show that, but I that's just a feel. I really think WWE's benefiting off of the people who hate watch their product. They'll, they'll claim that it's not the case and that they're having constructive criticism and they want the product to be better. Yeah. I want the product to be better too. Yeah. I wish raw had a better announced team. Yeah. I wish raw had a cooler looking logo, <laughs> all this other extra shit, but you look at general things that people talk about and the way people view stuff going on in WWE more times than not, is really predicated on hate watch. I'm not taking anything away from the Bloodline storyline. I think it's effective. It's been fantastic to see over these last few years. But outside of that, and maybe Cody's return to the company, I really think the genesis of the numbers that they're drawing right now is off the fact of people hate watching. And I believe that's the case. Because outside of popular shows that are streamed on Amazon or whatever... I don't see other major shows that are drawing numbers that wrestling does every week, at least on the WWE side. Yeah, sports games are going to draw. People are going to watch it because there's an incentive. Um, you have gambling, um, betting, et cetera, et cetera, fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey. Uh, do people even play fantasy hockey? I don't even know. <laughs> but my point is, is like, I really think that WWE is really benefiting in a lot of ways from the number of people who hate watch their show. And I, I, I think that's the case. Um, 
are there things that could be done to uh, be better from a show point of view? Absolutely, but you have that with every form of entertainment. Uh, I just think that it's funny that a lot of people that hate them still find a way to buy the merchandise, go to the shows, still watch the shows every week. One thing happens, oh my god, the sky's falling, yet they're still watching every single week and every single day. I just think that's funny how that works, you know? (laughs) So, really quick, let's talk a little bit about Raw from Baltimore. I thought it was a good show. Like I said uh, in my short, uh, it was a really big night. The women's division, we saw Maxine Dupree get her first victory, her first match in that uh, six-person tag match with Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. I thought that was very good. Also, uh, shout-out to Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Uh, They won the uh, number one contenders uh, tag team turmoil match. And then uh, that that avalanche uh, Frankensteiner that... uh, uh, Katana Chance did was very, very good. Um, also, I thought Priest and Nakamura had a very good match. I really want to give a shout-out to The Miz and Tommaso Ciampa. I thought their promos uh, back and forth on the show in the third hour were very, very good. I'm looking forward to their uh, uh, no-DQ match next week. Also, um, what happened with Ricochet and Logan Paul? I think that's... <laughs> I think that's pretty much official now that both of these guys are going to fight each other at SummerSlam. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I I have no problem with that. I think these guys will tear the house down. I think it'll be a very good match. And uh, I think that should be a lot of fun. So, all in all, um, oh, by the way, shout out to Rhea Ripley and Natalia. Very good uh, women's championship match. So, Raw's picking up momentum. Uh, it's getting a little bit better each and every single week. There's other stuff that uh, can be done better. Um, you're never going to get a three hour wrestling show perfect every week, but I think they're making the best of it. And, um, you have multiple stories going on throughout the show right now. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where things are going to go with Seth Rollins. Now that, um, money in the bank is over. I think maybe there's some things left over to do with the judgment day, but we'll have to see. It'll be kind of interesting. What about this? What if. Seth Rollins put the world title on the line in a fatal four-way match against Finn, Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Now, I know what people are going to say. Why would you put Priest in a four-way match if he has the briefcase? I don't know, man. I'm just telling you, I think there's still something left to do with the Judgment Day. So either all three of them are going to fight Seth Rollins, and we'll see... Who can trust who in that scenario? Or you could do a rematch of Seth and Finn. And then, um, you know, whatever happens after their priest cashes in the briefcase. All I'm saying is that one way or another, you're going to have some interaction between Seth, Finn, and Priest. Uh, we'll see what happens with Dominic. I, I don't know if the Judgment Day will explode. And that's the fun thing. We don't know what's going to happen. Just like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night with this tribal court thing <laughs> on SmackDown. SmackDown's pretty loaded next, uh, the, not next week, but tomorrow. You got AJ Styles and uh, Killer Cross. We got Edge on the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, we also got uh, this tribal court thing with Roman Reigns. And again, uh, Roman Reigns is going to show everybody why he's the best character in WWE tomorrow. 
I'm curious to see what he has to say. I'm curious to see what the wise man's opinion is coming off of the heels of Money in the Bank. Uh, Roman Reigns is being put on trial, and <laughs> this should be this should be good uh, content to see in Madison Square Garden. They uh, they're a very lucky crowd. They got a good show ahead of them tomorrow night. So. I love to, I love to get, by the way, I love to get your guys' thoughts on uh, that segment. By the way, for tomorrow, what do you think is going to happen? What is next for the Bloodline as we head closer to SummerSlam? Let me know in the comments section down below. What do you think is going to happen in the uh, Tribal Court segment, the the trial of Roman Reigns? On that note, it's time for the main event. It's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. And if you're easily offended, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It is time for another stellar edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Let's start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 I'm telling you, my time is right now, right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. Man, what intensity. The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks. And I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the hell is wrong with AW? The question that everybody wants to know. What people need. Uh, I'll tell you what. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Let's do that again. Mm -mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. <laughs> oh, man. I, you, you guys got to tell me what the hell is wrong with AW this week. I guess we should start off with some positive stuff, and I think people will be shocked to hear this from me, but I think a lot of people need a slow... Let me take this off. Okay. I think that a lot of people need to slow down really quick with the, uh, oh, see, Collision was a bad decision, and Collision's doomed to fail. I think we need to slow down with that a little bit, and... Look, I'm not one to stray away from sharing my opinion on what's wrong with AEW because people act like AEW does absolutely nothing wrong. But we're barely a month into this show, and yeah, the show's ran into unfortunate circumstances on a holiday. You know, we had a, the pay-per-view last weekend. Uh, this is going to happen. It's going to happen a lot during the college football season. But really... What's the focus here with collisions should not be on the ratings. It really should be on the fact of the feel of the show is not rampage. And that's my takeaway from collision in these past three weeks. Like I enjoyed the show and it's not just because CM Punk is back, but 
just the feel of the show, having Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis on the, on the broadcast, it's been very good and very entertaining to enjoy over the last couple of weeks. And I like the presentation so far. They had some really good matches last week, like uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Dustin Rose. I thought that was a very good match. And then the main event was uh, Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. Now we know that Samoa Joe will be taking on CM Punk on Saturday in the second round match of the Owen for the Owen. Shout out to referee Tony for that. Uh, and I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. Like um, one thing for this week, so I thought it was kind of odd that we're doing this dumb eliminator match. Everything's an eliminator in AEW. <laughs> like. Oh, here we go. Here comes FTR against Bullet Club Mid 2.0. Bullet Club Gold, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves, is an eliminator match. These guys beat FTR and Punk in the match, the eight-man tag. So why wouldn't uh, the Guns or Jay or Juice uh, get a shot at the titles? Why not make that a title match? Why does it have to be... An eliminator match. Why are you making your champion put yourself in a position where they lose the match and then, oh, now they're qualified for that opportunity? Wasn't AEW supposed to be the home of tag team wrestling? Uh, I'll keep that to myself. Anyways, <laughs> um, but going back to what I was saying earlier, like, I like Collision. I, it's been a fun show so far. I don't really have many things to qualm about it, but. I'll say this, Collision is a lot more enjoyable to sit through than Dynamite. <laughs> uh, for me right now, I'm a Collision guy. I, I enjoyed this show, but the focus should not be on the range right now. The show's been around for barely a month. Like, can we give it some time a little bit? Can we let it breathe a little bit? <laughs> like, for me, my, my attention with Collision is that it doesn't have the same feel as Rampage. Now, there were a lot of people, just like it was with Rampage when it first started, or just like, with anything that AW knew that comes out, there's a lot of people that express and, and engage in a lot of hyperbole where they'd be like, oh, man, SmackDown and Raw better be concerned about Collision. People are going to be scared about I heard it last year. No, I heard it two years ago. It's funny. Tomorrow night, as I recorded this on a Thursday, this week on Rampage, they're celebrating 100 episodes of Rampage. There were people that I know who do shows like this said that Rampage can compete with SmackDown's ratings. We all heard the whole stuff about Dynamite outdrawing Raw soon and Dynamite's going to take over. The wrestling business is going to draw 2.0 million people. All this stuff. And... I, I mean, like for me, I haven't even gone on my way to look to see what the ratings have been recently on Dynamite because really I don't care. My issue with Dynamite is not the ratings, it's that the show sucks. I think Excalibur sucks. I think Tony Schiavone sucks. Taz is okay. I, I wish I wish Taz just called the show by himself if you want, if you want my honest opinion. But the flow of the show sucks. Officer Bar Brady sucks. I need more Renee Young on my TV screen because that woman is fucking hot. Also, um, I need less of the nonsense and shitty officiating and tag matches just for the sake of having tag matches. Like, the worst match, worst style match that AEW produces besides the Outlaw Mud Show hardcore matches 
is tag team wrestling. Seriously, there's not one tag team match that they produce that I enjoy, unless FTR is in it. It's that bad. The officiating is brutal. The match layout of it is stupid. Um, same thing here. We start off the show with Pockets and Darby Allen against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland in this dumbass JoJo Dutch blind eliminated tournament. Um, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I've seen every Pockets match. It's the same shit. Okay, I put my hands in my pockets. I rest like a generic person from the indies. And I do, I do a, I don't know, <laughs> what do I say, uh, a below average Superman punch. <laughs> I'm not a pockets guy. I'm sorry. I, 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 it's not even the gimmick for me. It's really what he does in the ring. I can't take him seriously. I, I just can't. And then I thought Keith Lee looked good in the match. So I'll say that from a positive point of view. I thought the couple of those Beal throws were really good. Um, they were working on, I think, Darby Allen's leg or something like that on the outside with the ring sets that looked really nasty. But Pockets and Darby Allen defeated Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Oh, hey, will Keith and Swerve finally, finally fight each other after, what, eight, nine months? <laughs> we're almost getting to the point of All Out from last year where they lost to Tassie Acclaim, and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland have yet to have that one-in-one match. What the hell's going on back there? Let's get this whole thing over with. <laughs> By the way, why should I care about the Mogul Embassy? What is the Mogul Embassy? Okay, Swerve comes out with some cool outfits. We see Tolo Leona and uh, Bishop Khan. I, I like their work as a, as a team. I, I think they're talented guys, and I have nothing wrong with Prince, Prince Nada, but what are they? Why don't they ever cut promos in the ring? Why should I care about them? Um, and why should I care about this blind eliminator tournament? Really? The home of tag team wrestling? You can't find a compelling storyline for FTR outside of Jay White and rock hard juice Robinson. That's the best you got. <laughs> we got this big ass show to sell out for Webley and we need to figure out in a blind eliminator tournament. So instead of building a more serious feud with MGF and Anna Cole, where Anna Cole tries to convince MGF to give him another title shot. Oh, let's put them in a dumbass tag team tournament where they have a over long extended match with uh, the Butcher and Daddy Magic Matt Menard. Um, fine match, whatever. I will say this. I like the little vignette that they did at the gym. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but... Am I the only one that feels that this is the mistake to do? So if you're going to do MGF and Adam Cole at All In at the at Wembley Stadium, right? Why the fuck are they in this dumbass tag team tournament in the first place? I get it that All In is not to August 27th and you need some t you need to find some time to fill in uh content. I get that. But this is the best route that you got. You couldn't build somebody up to fight NGF at the end of the month for the world title, have like a big world title match on the dynamite or whatever. And then you bring Adam Cole back to the, the situation. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the, the, the two guys have been entertaining in the skits that they've been doing and the whole 
better than you and baby shirt is cool i again I, I have nothing against both guys i think they're great but it's just the premise of them having this tournament what is this tournament for why should we care and why are you not i, I just don't get it <laughs> having a blind eliminator tournament just for the sake of what we already know what's going to happen I, I just don't get it. I, I would have went a different route with this where, okay, Adam Cole will have to try to find ways to convince FGF to give him another title shot. I get the pay-per-view is not to August 27th, but this blind eliminate tournament in it, in and of itself is fucking stupid. It's pointless. <laughs> Does anybody believe that anybody that's coming out of this mid-tournament is going to beat FTR for the tag titles? And when's that match going to happen? Is it going to happen at Wembley? Or is it going to happen at the United Center? I don't get it. And no, I don't have any interest in seeing FTR against Pockets and Darby Allen. I don't. And that's probably the direction that they're going to go. <laughs> uh, speaking of things I have no interest of or care for, Chris Jericho and Don Callis. Again, another reason why I am not a fan of Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> and it really does absolutely nothing for me. Uh, they had this promo off where they talk about Chris's uh, complex. You know, he's in the midst of a losing streak. Now he wants to bring out the best version of Chris Jericho. Whatever. Don Callis comes out. The guy's getting good heat. I won't take that away from him. I think his. So the song he came out to was lame as shit. But um, outside of that, um, I guess Don is trying to form a new faction to bring the fight to the elite. Because uh, it's gang warfare as it is in uh, AW, aka WCW 2.0. And the whole gist of this is to have, um, excuse me, you have uh, Chris Jericho form. Uh, form uh, a new alliance with uh, Don Callis. So is that it for the Jericho uh, Appreciation Society? Is that it for the January 6th Appreciators? Is that it? Is that how we're going to ride off the sunset with the inner circle and this JES nonsense? Just going to pretend that it's not there anymore? <laughs> I don't get that. Um, not that I cared one way or another, but this is a group that's been around with each other for what two years, adding the stuff with the inner circle as well. And now that now Chris Jericho's unsure of himself, now we're just gonna put the faction to the side and not say anything about it. I just think that's weird. Um, so whether or not Jericho joins forces or not with uh Don Fallis, I really don't care. Um, yeah, we get it. Olivier is going to have a match with Kanose Takesha. Whoopity-doo. Um, other stuff on the show. Other stuff that I I was looking forward to seeing Ruby Soho and Britt Baker because they had a good match last year at Double or Nothing for the uh, Owen Hart Women's uh, Tournament Cup. That was the finals of last year's tournament, right? So we didn't get a good match. We had a regular women's match at AW. And Paul Turner suddenly is blind. Aren't you not allowed to eject people from ringside? Is it that fucking hard to see people right in front of you cheat and drag people's 
uh, feeds to, uh, to the roads. I'm not taking anything away from, uh, trust me, I, I would be the last person to ever say, oh, I don't want to see Tony Storm or Soraya on my TV screen, especially Soraya, God's hottest gift of all time. But that doesn't change the fact that I'm watching a match and you're, the Paul Turner's literally seen these chicks outside cheating right in front of him. He's doing nothing about it. I get it. Britt Baker's not a babyface, so I guess you got a heel for this heel thing, and then you got referee dis- uh, discretion and blah, 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 blah. That match, first off, was not good. And for Ruby to win that way, I thought it was lame. Uh, she's fighting Sky Blue in the second round, and I hope to God that Sky Blue beats beats her because this outcast group sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to say what it is. Uh, Tony Storm is is an okay wrestler. Her promos are ass. Soraya is the only good thing in that group, and Ruby Soho is better as a babyface. The outcast sucks. Uh, just, I'm just calling it like I see it. Um... Other than that, we had the main event. It was uh, Kenny Olivier against Wheeler Useless. Uh, match went way too long. Uh, I'll give credit to Olivier for the fact that he's giving as he is to Wheeler Useless. But um, it's really something. You, you know you're mid when you have a faction where they usually walk out of the crowd. Nobody gives two shits about the guy that neither Claudio came out to the ring with him. And he came out through the regular stage entrance. Wheeler didn't even try to come out and do the Moxley entrance. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the match was, was alright. Uh, Olivier won. After the match, we had an afterbirth brawl. That's a shocker. Uh, by the way, uh, congratulations to Eddie Kingston for uh, becoming the new uh, uh, New Japan Strong Open Weight Champion. I thought that was pretty cool. That was a random note, but I wanted to say that. Uh, back to this nonsense. So, yeah, we had an at-the-birth brawl. Uh, Takesha's out there beating up Olivier. Out come, now, Mr. Baldy, Mr. ROH champion, uh, Claudio, starts attacking um, Olivier with uh, Takesha. Out comes Heyman Page and the Elite trying to make the stay for, uh, for Olivier. And then we take forever to do the BTE trigger and Paige is stamina like a fucking idiot slamming a chair on the mat not knowing that the show's gonna go off in 20 seconds and then he gets stopped by the dork order to close off the show because they have a trios match on Rampage classic dynamite ending to another rather mid edition of AW Dynamite what else is new um before we wrap up this segment, I think it's time to do our part and talk about um, what everybody likes to enjoy, the excrement impression. Oh, yes. One of my favorite parts of the show. Let's take a look at what's taking place on Rampage on TNT this week, also on Collision on Saturday night as it's time for the uh, traditional segment here on the podcast of the Hoots, otherwise known as the Excrement Impression, brought to you by your boy, Josh Lopez. Let's give this a shot, shall we? Coming to you live on TNT tomorrow night. It's the 100th edition of AEW Rampage. Let's take a look at the matches. First off, we have Hikaru Shida taking on the problem, Marina Shavir. The, the 
quarterfinal matches in the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament continue is Brian Cage and Big Bill taking on the team of Trent Beretta and Matt Seidel. From there, we see JS members Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia taking on the team of Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy. Pause. We got the strut man. <laughs> Pause. Really quick. We got the strut man and the running lit man in a tag team. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we got Sammy Guevara and David Garcia take on the team of Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy. And our main event, it's a trios match. It's the Hangman Page and the Unbuts taking on the Dark Order. Don't forget, check out Collision coming up this Saturday night on TNT. We have more matches in the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament. It's Athena taking on Willow Nightingale. From there, we see rivalries renew as Powerhouse Hobbs takes on Ricky Starks. And our main event, it's a quarterfinal match. No, my bad. It's a semifinal match. It's CM Punk against Samoa Joe. <laughs> More matches to be announced on Twitter. Make sure to follow Tony Khan at Twitter at Tony Khan. Oh, don't, don't forget to see FTR against Bullet Club Gold in the AEW World Tag Team Title Eliminator Tournament match. Don't forget to follow Tony Khan on Twitter at Tony Khan. And don't forget to get your tickets right now at AWTX.com. That's AWTX.com. On that note, I pose the question. You guys let me know. What the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Everything. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No, no. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you all. That is what the hell is wrong with AW this week. Now, time for our final segment of the podcast this week. It's otherwise known as the Clown of the Week. Let's check this out. I've got Clown, 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 you're big Clown, 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 Clown. One more time for good measure. I've got Clown, 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 you're big Clown, 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 Oh, yes, the Clown of the Week. Oh, man. <laughs> Where do I start, man? Um, I think for me, I think my pick for this week goes out to whoever the name of that dude is, the uh, boyfriend, I guess, of Kiki Palmer. Dude, the fact that she's coming home to you is a win in itself. What does it matter about what she's wearing out there? I guess in principle, you don't want your woman to be all up having her ass and everything out there. I could get that to a certain extent. But to the lengths that this guy went out to, like you, you felt like uh, betrayed or whatever. Like I, if that's not the definition of simp energy, I don't know what is. Like <laughs> the girl is going home to you. What are you upset about? Get over yourself. Who cares? <laughs> oh. 
oh, she's disrespectful. Like, you are privileged enough to be someone that uh, I bet you a big batch of people would love the opportunity to say that, hey, Kiki Palmer is my uh, girlfriend or my wife or whatever the fuck, uh, my fuck buddy or the situation shits I always hear now these days, right? Like, what, what do you have to be upset about? She's coming home to you, right? She's not leaving you. But you want to make a scene and make people feel sorry for you for absolutely no reason. Knowing damn well, you're probably clapping her cheeks by the time she gets back home. So what difference does it make that she, oh, she wore a prerogative dress at an Usher show. Darius, whatever the hell your last name is, because really it doesn't matter right now. You, my friend, are the clown of the week. And on that note, going to put a ribbon on the bow on this week's edition of the podcast at Hoots. As always, I appreciate you guys' for support. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Hit me up at Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Uh, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. We're on the road to 400 episodes. Don't forget uh, to uh, bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com as I'm bringing back my transcripts with full coverage of the G1 Climax Tournament starting on July 15th. And with that being said, remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And don't forget, nobody dictates and pace your life but yourself and the man upstairs. I love you all. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be here next week to talk more professional wrestling right here on the podcast The Hoots, a.k.a. The Hoots Podcast. Uh, yes, sir. Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>